Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to Dude Check This Out, a music podcast. Check out Handbone Relay's new album, Say Hi to Earl. Available on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and just about everywhere else. You can get more info or buy the record at our website, www.hambonerelay.com. Dude Check This Out is sponsored by Bald Birds Brewing Company in Audubon, Pennsylvania. Excuse me. The thing about Mexican lagers Mexican is... Mexican lager. <laughs> <laughs> and there's your uh, your advertisement, Bald Birds. Anyway, continue, please. It brings out the best in me. Welcome to Do Check This Out. My name is Rob Tate from Hambone Relay. Hambone Relay produces this podcast so we can get to know all the great musical human beings of Philadelphia and of the touring circuit and whatnot. Uh, once again, I'm Rob. I play drums. On the uh, computer over there is Mr. Mark Brown, who's the organist and uh, runs all the uh, computers for us. Hey. Hey, and he's all done. That's all he'll say uh, until maybe a little later we'll let him speak a little bit about our... I've got I've to start drinking first, dude. I know. <laughs> you know? We're, we're, uh, we're couple drinking. A couple beers deep and, and forget about it. I know. I'm going to take over this interview. Sure. I hope you do. We need to get you a camera, though. We've got to get uh, Mark's beautiful face on the YouTube. Um, no. Once again, we're sponsored by Ballbirds Brewing Company. We just cracked these, did a little double tap of these Mexican logas. Mexican logas called uh, Distant Earth by Ballbirds Brewing Company. They're our sponsor. It's really good, man. Um, very light. It's a little earlier in the day than I care to admit, but whatever. Don't tell them the time. We're fine. I never said the time. I just said go. it was earlier. Just like I wanted. Just don't look out the window if yeah. you can see the window. Uh, our guest today, or uh, on the podcast, is Mr. Kirby Seibert, who's a fantastic guitarist, a fantastic songwriter, and not to mention that I just found out he's an amazing videographer. <laughs> and I was watching all of these videos, and I'm like super stoked to have you here, man. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. It's an honor to uh, to be here. And you just came off a, a video shoot yourself. Yeah, this is like yeah. the second gig of the had day. A, yeah, I had a really early video shoot with uh, this band, The End of America. What's their vibe um, again? It's like Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and um, like super harmony based. And it's chill, and it's like really, it's just really good vibes, and lots of harmony, though, which I, I love. I'm a big fan of harmony. I can tell after listening to your records, there's yeah. so many great little harmonies. Um, on everything that you've done, like with Kirby and the Vibe Tribe, mm-hmm. like there's some harmonies there, but like on the new stuff yeah. that you're like creating, I love I love the vibe. Thanks, it's man. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And that. some of the live video. Thank you. But um, like I said, you're a videographer yeah. and you do a ton of work in Philly. And I just discovered you did this great video. Uh, who was it? Was it Satellite Hearts? You did a video, or was yeah, that yeah. a? Mm-hmm. It, looked awesome. Thanks, man. Thank it you. It looks so cool. Satellite yeah. Hearts are a local fiddly band. Yeah, yeah. You have to check them out. What was that yeah. experience like? Did you know them beforehand? So, yeah, I've been friends with those guys for a long time. I met them, um, I was living in New York City at the time and um, playing with this band, Mama Holler, and we like went down to New Orleans and recorded a record and then came back up and um, I had like just moved to New York to play with them uh-huh. and they decided to call it quits. And so I'm like in New York like, oh, shit, what do I do now? Um, and so the the lead singer of that band, she and I stayed really good friends. And 
she was trying to keep it going. And so I met Keaton, Justin, and Luke because um, a mutual friend of ours knew them and they knew us and we were looking for like a rhythm section. And so um, we started hanging out and started recording stuff in Jersey. And then, um, yeah, just became like really fast friends. And then I ended up moving to Philadelphia like a year after that. And Keaton, the drummer, Keaton Thandy, um, needed uh, a roommate. And so I moved in with him. And that was like in October. It'll be five years ago. And so. Um, oh, wow. You guys yeah, still live so together we, and yeah, stuff? Yeah. So we've, oh, wow. we've known each other for a really long time. And um, and yeah, we had always like kind of wanted to do a music video. And uh, the, the one that you saw was it like in a, a white room. Yes. Or, okay. Yeah. 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 So that was like. That was like the, actually the first music video I directed. That was that like was the, the first very, one, very first one. Yeah, that was the so. first one I ever fa- I found. Oh, cool. uh, nice. When I was researching, but like, yeah, yeah. it's a great video. Thank and you. I love the song too. Appreciate I mean, it. I know you have no influence on that yeah, part right, of right, it, right. but <laughs> but it is a great song. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, good vibes. Wait, so you knew Keaton uh, beforehand? What band was he with in New York? You said so. He was playing with Satellite Hearts. That was already Bro, a thing. Oh, right. And then this band, Mama Holler, that I was playing with kind of absorbed them to be like the rhythm section. Oh, I see. Okay. It didn't really last too long, but like it was like the beginning of our relationship as friends and um, me knowing Justin and Luke. And mm-hmm. um, and so like, you know, we played shows together and we, you know, did that whole thing. And mm-hmm. then um, I like got a camera from a friend for like really, really cheap uh, because I started shooting more. Because I, I like... Started working. Oh shit! Sorry. Uh, um, Motherfuckers are gonna break this table. <laughs> break this table. Um, I started working in film up in New York and was working in network TV and kind of for who? Uh, I was doing a whole bunch of different stuff. I started like a lot of freelance whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my first show was CBS's Elementary with Lucy Liu and Johnny Lee Miller. No way. Yeah. So that was like the fir- my first experience in television, and it was like the you know a huge CBS show like crew of 150 people. Uh-huh. You know, crafty. That was really good. Great catering. Really great people. Um, it was huge. You know, and like that was like my first introduction to the film world and like working in film. And um, so I kind of got to. I started working in different you know things. I started doing art department stuff for like cooking shows and kind of got to a point where I was like, just a, I felt like a cog in a wheel, and I kind of wanted to start shooting on my own. You mm-hmm. know. And so um, I borrowed a camera from a friend and started shooting stuff. And then she was like, hey, do you want to just buy this? And I was like, yeah. Like, she sold it to me for, like, dirt cheap. Like, so, so cheap. I'm, like, incredibly thankful for her. Um, it was actually Christy from Cherry Veen Zine. I don't know if you know that I zine. don't. Um, they're, like, a music zine that um, is in Philly right now that's kind of, like, highlighting underground bands and people that are in the scene that aren't necessarily musicians and um, but they're surrounding it, the scene itself. Yeah, exactly. Everyone involved. That's kind of exactly. cool. So she sold me this camera, and that was like kind of my start to directing and getting deeper into uh, making my own work. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the Satellite Hearts video was the first video that I directed and edited and you know put together. And um, that kind of like sent me down a path of like working with bands and working with other musicians. And um, but yeah, that was the the first. First music video. I'd That's ever done, so, so cool. Wait, yeah. so back to the band that you were in. I didn't know that band. Mama Louder was it called? Mama Holler. Mama Holler. Mama Holler. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the reason why I said Mama Louder is I was thinking, like, is there any relation to Mo Louder and the Humble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. totally I was separate. like, that sounds yeah. really similar. I wonder right. if it was like any any correlation. Like, let's just change the name a right. little. It'll, be, <laughs> right, it'll right. be fine. Yeah, no, totally different worlds. Like they they're in New York. Mo Louder's in Philly. Right. Totally different. 
different vibes, but yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I always thought that Satellite Hearts were more of a Philly band, just because when I had seen them. They are. Oh, yeah. Okay. They were in Jersey at the time. Okay. When, when we met, they were li- they were all living in Jersey, mm-hmm. and they were like coming to Philly a lot and doing shows and right. Um, but I forget what the connection was. I think our friend Chris knew them, and. You know, we were looking for a rhythm section at the time, so they were like, you know, down to play, and yeah. we were all young and just like, you know, I mean, younger than we are now, but um, just trying to play and trying to gig and party, and you know, it was just kind of that. I got you. That thing, and um, and but yeah, like that that band kind of fell, Mama Holler kind of fell apart, and um, and so you know, Keaton was moving to Philly. They were all kind of like slowly moving to Philly. Justin had already been there for a little while. Mm-hmm. Keaton moved there, and then I moved in like a month or two later, and I moved from New York. I was playing in a band, uh, started playing with this band, Up the Chain, and we were going to Europe in September, and so I moved out at the end of August in New York, threw all my stuff uh, at my house with Keaton, (laughs) and did a month-long trip to Europe, toured in Europe for a month, and then that's amazing. Came back and then was living was a Philly resident after that. Are they still around, Up the Chain? Uh, No, no, they're not. Um, Okay. I haven't heard of them. Yeah. That's why I'm asking. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was like we, uh, Reed Kendall was the guy who started the band, and it was his project. And I kind of joined when he was kind of, um, kind of almost on the way out. Like he was kind of, you know, he had been playing for years, and mm-hmm. kind of I think kind of felt burnt out. You know. Um, and you you were there at the end of that, and kind of yeah, like, and then kind of like reinvigorated it, and kind of brought some life back into it and he had already kind of started planning this Europe trip and so we did the Europe trip and then came back and then started to we did like touring for like two years or something oh so it wasn't like a quick uh cut off no it was, yeah it was very very gradual it kept exactly. going for two years yeah so it was like he and I did like a, uh, a trip out to Chicago and back just the two of us mm. so we were looking for a bass player after Europe so we did Europe just the two of us too and it was just kind of like house shows and like mm-hmm. small venues and it was really amazing it was like my first time in Europe and um, we went to Germany and Switzerland and um, and it and was it, just like a really incredible experience to go out of the country and play music and like see like oh wow I can like I can tour and play music for people that you know they're first language isn't English right they still resonate with it you know until you had done it you would never have known how easy it was to go over there right and just to be able to perform we haven't obviously done Europe but Mm -hmm. uh, Hambone really hopes to make it over there especially Ireland we want to go check that Um, (laughs) Mark's like sure I guess I want to go to Ireland yeah yeah totally (laughs) Um, you will you will check what's your craziest story about being over in in Europe and like having that that oh you're American Interaction, right, right. Which I'm asking, what's your, like your craziest story? Um, so one of the crazier things that happened. So this is our second time going over. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a trio. It was me, Reed, and my buddy Noah Scaroff, who plays bass in, in Kirby my, and the Vibe Tribe. In Kirby and the Vibe Tribe, and and now in my solo project too. And uh, so we had just landed in Europe, and we had a gig like right off the plane. So like we were already, awesome. yeah, we were already traveling for like. You know, you get to the airport super early, then you have a seven-hour flight, and then you get off the flight, and you're traveling for another hour or two. And so we were already up for like 17, 20, probably like close to 20 hours at that point. Yeah, so (laughs) we play the gig, um, and 
so the way we were like kind of staying with people, I would like hit up people on couch surfing. I don't know if you know couch surfing. We know we've been tempted to try it. It's amazing. Yeah, I highly recommend. Do they have it. a big like European? Well, I'm say European following, but yeah, is yeah. it used over there? Yeah, yeah, very totally. Okay, it's, cool. it's a big thing over there. Like people just like really love having travelers come in and and you know it's it's all about connecting with people right and that, that's what i love that's like my i was gonna say thing. that yeah you, you seem to love to do that you do that really well like connecting Thank with you. people like talking with people yeah. i get really tired really fast so sure, i have to like sure. shut it off but you seem very uh coherent at it yeah i think it's definitely like part of my purpose is like connecting with people uh-huh. and like trying to relate to people and um but yeah, so I think that's kind of like a, a big part of who I am and, and I'm, you know, I'm, it's just who I am. So I'm like, I don't really know any other way, you know, I can kind of strike up a conversation with anybody and find some sort of common denominator with them. And, right. Um, but speaking of couch surfing, yeah, yeah. I've heard some horror stories here. I'm okay. going to share a horror story. Sure, yeah, yeah. So my friends, I don't know if this was done off the app, but my friends in the band Ill Dutes mm. were uh, couch surfing at this woman's house they had founded. Or they found, excuse me. That's the beers already hitting me. I had three sips. Found did did. Um, uh, they were staying at this woman's house, and she seemed fine at first. Get to the house, cats everywhere. They said they they might have exaggerated. They said like thirty some cats. Wow. And like it's they're just everywhere. And the woman they didn't know was was. Uh, was pretty out there in the mind. That makes sense. She wanted to talk with them till 5 a.m. in the morning. Just like, <laughs> kept, kept like saying questions, like talking to them, like, oh man, what about this? And then all of a sudden the drugs came out, like, ah. Oh my just, like, God. All they want to do is, just, they just finished a gig somewhere. They just wanted to sleep. Right, exactly. And, and it was just like, they uh, they went to sleep and then woke up at like dawn and said, let's just get out of here. And right. we'll sleep in the van, forget about it. Totally, and, yeah. But like, I've heard some horror stories. So you, right. it's been pretty successful over in Europe. Is what it was. So, so this story, so we met this guy. Um, uh, so I messaged him. I was like, hey, we need a place to stay our first night in Europe. Like, you know, is it cool if we crash with you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's great. Like, I'll come to the show. We'll meet you there. And then we'll go back to my place and, and do that thing. And um, so, excuse me. So, um, so we play the gig. He's there. Um, we like had dinner with them because they like provide Europe's great because like you they provide dinner for you and normally they have a place for you to stay like depending on the venue which is not the case in the United States right right which if is, you don't no totally yeah, yeah 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 you're kind of it's a fend for yourself kind of thing over here there's one Most venue yeah. and I can never remember what it's called Mark what's the venue in PA that we they had a loft for us above the bar that would be the winner's circle Mm. Yeah, Hanover, Pennsylvania. Ah, uh, Hanover. Have Kinda you been near there? My, stra- my stomping grounds. I'm from York, so it's oh, kind of. I was gonna to, ask. Yeah. I had yeah, friends yeah. that went to York College. Oh, and, nice. And yeah. like, I the town. It's it we, looks weird club. It's it's like a sports yeah. bar. It was yeah. a weird gig for us, but they put us up. They fed us. Put us up in a in a room. Unlimited like apartment PBRs. upstairs. That's amazing. It was yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah awesome. They had like these bunk beds and shit. Nice. And like little fans because there's no AC in this this apartment, so right. just fans all over the place. That's amazing. It was awesome. But yeah. so the venues over there give a lot of like housing for artists. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Depending on the venue, you know, it's like um, I've you know I've played hotels where you get like a hotel room and like. You get free food and, you know, they treat you really, really well. And, like, in most places, like, we did a lot of house shows. So it was, like, we would have dinner beforehand, play a two-hour show, and then just hang out with everybody afterwards and then crash there. And it was just, like, I've had so many really, really great experiences in Europe. So so this – the first night where – this is the second time we go over to Europe. 
So we play the show, have dinner with the guy, and he's like, um, like, what do you guys want to do? And we're like exhausted at this point. We're up for like, at, the, at this point, it's probably like 22, 23 hours, going on like a full day of not sleeping. Yikes. And so um, we're like, oh, we just love to like go back and crash, like if that's cool with you. And he's like, oh, well, like, you know, like uh, I have this um, this spot that I want to show you. It's a it's a um, an outdoor sculpture place, like where you can see sculptures. And at this point, it's like probably 11 or midnight, mm. you know. And so we're like, okay, yeah, sure. So we had to rent a car. So um, he hops in our car and we start driving and he takes us to this place and it's a club. And we're like, that's not what you were talking about. He's like, oh, no, it's like a, it's a club. Like, you, you, you want to hang out? Like, we can go hang out. We're like, no, like, we just want to, you know, go back and sleep. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, well let's, let's go to the sculpture garden. And we're like, okay, like you said that the first time. But all right, so we go to the sculpture garden. We park get out, go to the sculpture garden, and it's closed. Obviously. It's like a daytime thing. Like, you're not going to get in after 5 p.m. or something. He knew he's that. Like, he totally knew. <laughs> he's like, so he's like, uh, he's like, oh, that's a bummer. Like, let's close. He's playing it but, off, right? But right across the street is the biggest brothel in Europe. And it's like, it's <laughs> no. like this, it looks like a hotel, and it's just a straight brothel. It's just like, there's a strip club at the, on the bottom floor, and just like a whole bunch of rooms where people can do whatever they want to do. And he's like, that's oh, a really nice way to put it. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to go too deep in that, but uh, you can imagine what's going on there. But um, Mark's like, what's the address? I'm just <laughs> Burglerdorf Strasse. Um, and so uh, he's like, let's just go check it out. We'll see how much the cover is. And we're like, we really don't want to, but we're like, you know, this guy's like putting us up or whatever. So we're like, okay, so we get in. It's like a twenty five dollar cover. We're like, Yikes. we're good. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we don't want to do that. And so he's like, okay, like we'll just go back to my house. So we end up going finally going back to this guy's house. He's like newly divorced. His kids are with their mom. Like newly divorced, like a week ago. Like it was a oh, very so very recent thing. He's yeah. like on a bender. He's yeah, like, right, exactly, exactly. He's trying to party. He's trying to have a good time. Oh, no. <laughs> and we're like exhausted. You know, up for like at this point like twenty three hours or so. Um, cause his house was like another like 45 minutes out of where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get to, um, we get to his house and he's like, okay, you're going to sleep. You know, Noah and I slept in one kid's room and Reed slept in another. And like, we're finally falling asleep. It's like one in the morning. So we go to bed and we wake up to like the loudest house music I've ever heard in my life. Just and uh, Noah and I's door busts open. He's like, hello, good morning. This song means the dialect of Cologne is tattooed on my tongue. Time to wake up and slams the door. And this is like seven o'clock in the morning. And so Noah and I are just like jet lagged, a little hungover, just like, what is going on right now? Like we need to get out of here immediately. So he like slams the door and goes away and like we like wake Reed up and we're like, we got to get out of here. We got to mm-hmm. get we got to get the hell out of here. And so um, so we like wake up. The house music is still playing. And this is like seven in the morning and like all of the houses are connected where he lives. So like the neighbors are definitely hearing this. Like this is not, you know, these are so all we, row homes. And row homes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. But they're like European row homes. So they're beautiful, like really nice. Majestic. They have. Yeah. They have like a backyard and it, it's, you know, it's kind of in the country. And so. We wake up to that and um, just like grab all of our stuff and go to the next place. And it was it was crazy. It was like one of the craziest like European experiences, like after, you know, being awake for a full day to then just like 
get a little sleep and then get woken up with dance, dance music. It was very strange. That's very bizarre. Did, yeah. did, did you, the guy ever contact you ever again after you left? Yeah, he kind of like try, kept trying to reach out. and I haven't heard from him. This was probably like four years ago or something. I haven't heard from him. If he's listening... Stay the up, fuck dude. away. I'm not going to say your name, but hey, what's up? <laughs> That's very kind of you. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't want to ever burn any bridges. I feel like, you know, life, the world gets smaller and smaller, and you always end up running into someone along the way, you know, and so. Yeah, you know what I've found is the longer you live, the more people you obviously meet. Totally. And, and like you said, your circle gets smaller because, mm-hmm. like, What's the, the the game? Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Absolutely. How yeah. close? How how many degrees are you away from Kevin Bacon? It's always at least seven. Exactly. Or less. Yeah. You're getting closer and closer to everybody every day. I think I'm like two away right now because I worked with somebody who worked with Kevin Bacon. So oh no way! I think like it's like I'm it was done through like CBS or something. Or yeah, it was like a um, it was an indie film that I did. It was like a SNL produced Broadway films, which is like or Broadway video, which is the Lorne Michaels production company. Mm-hmm. They did like. Wayne's World and Tommy Boy and, and all a bunch of, like of the, the uh, uh, Adam Sandler movies too. Yeah, exactly. After the big one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that means we're me and Mark are officially three degrees away because of you. So three, de- three degrees, yes, baby. Getting closer, Kevin. <laughs> even though Kevin's really like a Philly boy, so yeah, right. I bet, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet it was shorter than that anyway. Right, right, right. But exactly. um, back to you. I felt yeah. like we kind of went on a tangent there. Uh, we had briefly met. I think. I yeah. think this was you. Did you go to Temple? I didn't. Okay. No. Were you at a Temple vibraphonist masterclass. Like that I want to say, two familiar. years ago, three years ago. Was it in the um, that like performance hall in the mm. music building? Yeah, that big like open room. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I might have been. Yeah, because I thought that was people kept saying behind me, Kirby's here, and I'm like. Kirby, and then like you know, that, you know, on Facebook, people say like people you may know, and you came yeah. up. I was like, oh, <laughs> and then oh, I, that's the and that's the guy, and then I finally met you like two years later at the grape room. Right, I was like, right, oh, right. Shit. Totally. I'm pretty sure you were there. Okay, and yeah, so yeah. I was just curious if you went to school there, or you were just in town. Or no, no, whatever. I I, uh, I went to Kutztown University actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, graduated in 2012. Right on. Um, and I studied theater actually. I was a no. theater major. Yeah, you were a theater. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so. Why? Tell me the story. Like, I mean, so I like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do uh-huh. in in high school, you know, and like, you know, it was like the thing where you graduate high school, you have to go to college, yes. you know. And so I had a good friend that went to Kutztown, and he took us on a tour one time when we were up there. And on that tour, I met the theater department, and all the people in the theater department were like super sweet, super accommodating, and they were really cool too. Like, mm-hmm. they just seemed like really cool people, and they just like took me under their wing. That that tour that first day and so it's like I just felt at home there you know and I'm like still friends with those people today so they they were seniors when I was a freshman um so I decided to go there and um and I studied theater just because I was in the plays in high school Mm -hmm. and um I hosted talent shows and just was already in front of people I was performing pretty much my whole life Mm -hmm. like in third grade I was the lead in the gingerbread man you know like (laughs) Or no, that was first grade. That was first grade. But uh, oh, you were an early rising star. Yeah. So it was like I had been performing at that point for years, you know. And it was uh-huh. just like, like performing in front of people is kind of second nature, you know. It just kind of became a part of me, and um, and then I started playing music in in like high school, or I, I guess like 
I've started playing music in like junior or uh, elementary school actually, and so. Um, were you I playing went, guitar then, or were you playing like in drums? The... Yeah, 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 drums. Yeah, exactly. Kindred spirits. I think yeah, that's absolutely. really what this is. It's the rhythm. It's, it's the, rhythm. the rhythm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can feel it through the music. No, I could. I swear to God. Yeah. Uh, but then you you were so, doing theater, and then you did the yeah. right, right. So so I started playing drums and just like was performing, and then I hosted the talent show at my high school freshman year I was just like it was you know a room full of like 1500 people Damn. just me hosting and you know I came up with all these little bits in between and just you know just to like kind of loosen the crowd up and make them laugh you know whatever and um, the musical director at the time was in the audience with his wife and um, they came up to me afterwards and they were like you were awesome like you should audition for the musical this year and I was like oh yeah cool whatever I didn't really think anything of it and so um the next year, my sophomore year, I'm like in English class and I didn't sign up to audition for the musical. I just didn't think about it. I was just like not really, I was like a skateboarder and like making skate films with my friends and didn't really, I just thought that that kind of world was like, I'm not really a part of that world. Mm-hmm. You know? And so uh, I'm in English class my sophomore year and the musical director's wife was an English teacher and she like comes into the room and she's like, I need to see Kirby Seibert out in the hallway. And she's like an upperclassman teacher. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what's going on? Right yeah, now? you're like losing your shit. I had no idea. Like, yeah. I was like, I probably did, you know, I was a goofball. So I was like, you know, probably pissed somebody off by making a joke or something, you know. And so um, she like brings me out in the hallway and she's like, you didn't sign up for the musical. Like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I didn't know I had to. Like, should I? And she's like, yes, sign up for the musical. And so I ended up signing up. And I got a call back and then I got a lead that year and then the rest of the years I got leads. And so it was like this thing that like, oh, maybe I could do this. You know, maybe mm-hmm. this is a thing because I wasn't good at math. I wasn't good at, you know, like my grades were OK. It wasn't like, you know, yeah, at this point, you're just like doing skate videos and you're yeah. not sure where you're headed. Are you playing exactly. guitar at this point? No. I th- well, actually, I think by like my sophomore, sophomore or junior year, I picked up the guitar. My dad had like two guitars laying around and. Um, I was like, I want to learn how to do that. So I just like taught myself chords and started just kind of playing chords. And then he had songbooks. So I, the first song I learned on guitar was, um, um, oh, what is the Eagles song? Take um, it easy. No, no, no. Uh, that's the one I learned. That's why I was curious. The ho- uh, Hotel California. You learned Hotel California first? That was the first, yeah. And like not, not at the time, I didn't realize how difficult of a song that was. When you're a kid, you don't think about that, yeah. right? You're just like, I want to learn that. And I was like, oh, I know these chords. Like I, you know, just like learned myself a B minor and F sharp minor. <laughs> learned myself and... a B minor. <laughs> <laughs> I learned myself a B minor and I was off. Um, but yeah, just like that was like the friend. Then he had like a Bob Dylan book and a James Taylor book. And James Taylor's like... I grew up listening to James Taylor, Same. so like being able to play his songs, um, obviously not as well as he did, but you know, like just learning something that I could also sing with was like a, a huge help, and then like kind of inspired me to write songs, and um, so yeah, so I, I I like kind of started picking it up in high school, and then really got into it in college, and then really really got into it after college, and like ever since then it's just been guitar has been like that's my instrument. Like I'm, I can tell when I saw you play at the Grape Room, I. I you know, you're very proficient at it. You can play guitar very well. Thanks, and um, I, I only knew you from Kirby and the Vibe Tribe. But yeah. you, you can jam, man. Thanks, man. We, Thank we you. heard you playing with uh, that jam crew. And um, then I got to hear you play drums. And oh, you, yeah. Might as well just take my job. <laughs> just take my gig. I don't want it anymore. No, if you're going to play, go play drums. No, I had to leave, actually. And you played with my entire <laughs> band. And I had left. 
And I was. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah, me and Mark were just dude. That yeah, was you a guys fun did, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like feeling that vibe. I was like, let's let's do something New Orleansy, and then we went into it, and yeah, that was that was. That did you was have so much Did you fun. have the SK two that night? The Leslie and all. I that? was no, I was playing uh, Logan's Nord. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who was on bass. Somebody was on bass, and Luke Luke played guitar. That's right. I think it was. Um, oh yeah, Luke was shredding, dude. Yeah. I oh. actually I have video of that. I was actually. gonna bring that up. I have video. He made of that. the video, right? He made your music video that you just put out. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So that was like through footage that I like have been shooting so I have this like old mini DV camcorder that I used to shoot with in high school mm-hmm. and uh, started shooting with it again and like you know the past six months just kind of aggregated all this film and put together yeah put together that uh, I'll be there for you the video that's for that. a yeah. by the way that's a great song it's his newest single tech but it fits the vibe of the tune yeah totally and it's a great song thanks man um but you have an album coming out of yeah. all your new solo new material yes yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't I hope this isn't touchy but i was wondering because you have kirby and the vibe tribe right and you're putting out a solo record mm-hmm. is there a thing happening or is it just like it's just I, going trying something yeah i mean i just like it's easier yeah. it's just easier to do me just by myself you know because it's like I can have a band come with me or I can do it on my own. And like a lot of the touring that I do is solo and I do a lot of touring with Mo Lauda and when I'm opening for them, it's normally just by myself. And so it's just an easier way to, for people to find it, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, the vibe tribe's still a thing. It's just like, it's more of, um, it's just harder to do, I think with scheduling and with, um, you know, Becca who plays flute and sings She's about to go back to grad school, and I think she's going to Thailand for like six months. And so it's just kind of oh, like wow. becoming a thing where it's like a, a lot harder to do than just doing my solo thing, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, and also like I had written all these songs, and they didn't necessarily fit into what the vibe tribe was doing at the time. And so, um, and also I wanted to like play with my best friends. Too. Not that those guys aren't my best friends. It's just like I have um, some other people that I wanted to play with, and. Um, this kind of opened that up to be able to do that, you know? And yeah. so, um, you know, there's no hard feelings or in, in any way. It's just like I've kind of started kind of going in a different direction. And it just kind of, I think it opens me up to more opportunities and more ability to do different things, you know? No, absolutely. And, Is it, so. It's also a bit of control, too. You have like total control, you know? Sure. There's no democracy. It's like, this is my vision. These are the tunes that I wanted to play. 
So, well, it, very true, yeah. But I also, I tried to run things in a more collaborative space because mm-hmm. I think that, that that music is a collaborative collaborative art form. You know, when you're playing with five other people, inherently they're going to do something that you wouldn't think that they would, or you, you wouldn't, you hadn't imagined for the music, you know? And so that inherently opens it up to be something that you wouldn't expect, you know? And right. Yeah, I might have an idea for, you know, like the, the way we learned all of this new material to play it live. I had recorded everything on my own. And so I had already had kind of a framework for people to work off of. But, you know, when we get into the room together, it's it changes, you know, it becomes different, it becomes a different thing. Someone might add something that might take us on a different tangent, you know, and you're very open to the collaborative uh, effects of absolutely people yeah. in the room. And I think that that comes from my work in film too, because film is the most collaborative art form. You know, you have sound, you have visuals, you have, you know, it could be dance, it could be, you know, scripted dialogue, you know, it could be, you know, fine art, you're filming paintings as a part of a scene or something. And I feel like that is the, and you also like the amount of people it takes to make film is insane. So you have to have an open mind and you have to be able to, um, you know, be open to criticism and suggestion. And, and, um, and so I think that that just kind of bleeds over into all of my other work. It's like, I want to be open and I want to be, there for someone to have an idea to then maybe we can run with it and see if it works and if it doesn't then it doesn't but if it does then it doesn't it's a totally new thing you know and having that openness definitely comes from film and my theatrical background of you know it just they're they're it's not like you're painting a a picture you know like a painting is one person you know you can do everything on your own like film and music you need other people to make the thing what it is you know and so being open to those suggestions and being open to um, collaboration, I think, is an inherent part of that um, that medium. You know, absolutely. For our tunes, we have to uh, we do a lot of in house like writing, and I think what we're going to start doing is bringing some different people in nice. and collaborating. So, yeah, I just uh, saw the thing you did with uh, Trap Rabbit. Yeah, we put yeah. out a little teaser for a video we, we yeah. just shot uh, with Trap Rabbit and uh, Becca from Solar Circuit. Okay, I, I don't and, know, and uh, it's not out yet, but. Cool. Coming soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was really fun. We got to hear. We, we did a song of ours. I'm not gonna say which, but it was very cool to hear the uh, the effects of collaboration. Because, totally. uh, well, for me, I've never done double drums. Oh, cool. In a recording set. Yeah, because Arjun was playing drums too. Right? Yes, yeah, so Arjun yeah. was playing his kit, and I was playing mine. And nice. our styles are so different mm-hmm. because uh, I play. I won't say basic. I prefer the Levon Helms, the yeah. Steve Jordans, the very groove. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And like a little out stuff, but Arjun is like the next phase of like Mark Juliana. Yeah. Who's this totally. incredible Chris Dave. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, he can he does this crazy stuff. Totally. And and to have it was really interesting from my perspective to have us playing together because we both had a um, appreciate each other's styles and also compliment each other at the same yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So we both had to do listening, and it's really cool on the recording. You hear Arjun on one side and me on the other. Oh, that's cool. So you hear us talking back and forth. So you hard pan it? We did. We did nice. hard pan the drums. Cool. We tried to go like a little old school, right? Mark yeah, Mark that. loves the uh, the, the old uh, Headhunters album where the drums are on the right, totally. right, on the, the old Headhunters record. 
Uh, I think they're on the left, actually. But they're hard pan. <laughs> I, wear my, I guess Sorry. I wear, okay, Sorry. specific McGee. That's Sorry. such a musician. That I, actually, it was on the left. It, but, it, you know. I think <laughs> it works better with the right side of the brain if it's on the left side. With the, so the left ear. Uh, uh. That's cool, though. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. That's cool, though. But, for sure. Um, but, no, I mean, you've worked both, both styles. You know, you've worked mm-hmm. with music, but you've also worked in film with 150 people in a crew. Totally. Or just like two or three like in a small Absolutely. music video yeah, yeah. and I'm sure you can see the effects of it in many different uh, collaborations for sure yeah for sure and then like musically if like I don't know you're a drummer first so right. if Keaton plays something outlandish like, I like that right, right. how do I change what I do totally to mix with that and that's the great thing about the Vibe Trap too it's a very conversational band like we have songs but like we jam a lot and it's like very conversational you know like someone will play a lick and then we'll all kind of like respond to that and mm-hmm. Um, speaking and, speaking yeah. of that, are you guys um, playing together with her? Uh, I'm sorry, what is your flute flautist's name again? Becca. Becca, Becca. is Becca going mm-hmm. to grad school? Are you guys like taking a, a mini hiatus? Are you still playing out? Or uh, we have we we're doing one gig on the 24th, the 24th of August okay. at uh, Bourbon and Branch. But um, I think after that, it's kind of I'm just kind of really focusing on my solo stuff and. Mm-hmm trying to put this this record out and I'm like kind of putting singles out you know in anticipation of that Mm -hmm. and so like the live thing with the Vibe Tribe is just not you know just for for now it's kind of taking a little backseat but are you stepping away from the jamming aspect with your solo stuff there are moments that we that we jam but a lot of it's more song based you know much more structured yeah I was curious because yeah so for people who don't know I heard the record because you wanted uh, they wanted to show me. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of it? What do you think? I, I loved it. I, I did, and it was like, it was the perfect mix of not in your face. Um, I loved all of the messages. Cool. I thought they were very interesting, especially track one. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Easy talking about the, yeah, talking about the, like the industry. Yeah. And how much uh, we don't, we hate it, but we have to do it, and we love it. It's a whole mix of feelings mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything else. And then there's you also have a political tune in there, which yes. uh, yeah. you've, re- you've released a, a, a solo music video, if I'm not mistaken, for that one, right? Uh, oh no, no, that's the last song on the album. The, you haven't released the uh, the political song yet, right? right. Which uh, it was the um, Winds of Change. Winds you of have change. released yes. that with Mo Lauda and the Humble. Yes. Ain't no rush 
So actually, Jordan and I kind of, I had the, the chorus and Jordan from, Jordan Kaiola from Molauda, we were in Austin, Texas, and I like flew down to meet them to then do like a, like a three week run. And um, we had a couple days off and we're just like hanging out and I, you know, showed them this song. And so we came up with like a three part harmony for the chorus. And then he wrote the second verse and helped me kind of finish the first verse or verse two. Excuse me. The thing about Mexican loggers is. Mexican (laughs) lager. And there's your uh, your advertisement, Bob Birds. Anyway, continue, please. It brings out the best in me. Um, Yeah, so I I like, and at that point, um, Beto O'Rourke was like making a run for the House seat in Texas. And so it was like a couple days before the big vote happened. And so he was in Austin at the time. And so like everybody was kind of you know, there and you see all these like Facebook live videos and news headlines of like, who's this young guy who used to be in a band and is now running for, you know, Senate or whatever. Right. And, um, I just felt, I, I started making this joke after we had written the song and then I was like opening for them for the, that three week run. And so like, you know, we played Mohawk in Austin and, um, which was an amazing show. It was like a hundred people in really? this kind of small room and, you could hear a pin drop during my set. It was just like, those are like, I love those rooms. Like when mm-hmm. you, everybody is like there with you, you know? And, um, and so I made, I started making this joke like, Hey, like, I'm, you know, I wrote this song for Beto O'Rourke to be his campaign song against Ted Cruz. If anybody knows his camp, let me know. And, you know, I want it to be his campaign song. And so that just kind of like became a thing and just, you know, and then that video, uh, I said it again and, I'm still like you know open to that. So if anybody is out there listening, whoever knows him, yeah, <laughs> um, um, yeah. So it, it became like a p- political political song, um, but you know it's about the the you know change is the only constant. You know it's like the winds of change are coming for you. You know it's like it's gonna happen. It's inevitable. You know, and so I feel like there's like a political side to that that you can derive right. from it. But um, yeah, but so that hasn't. I'm actually working on a music video right now for that with. Uh, my friend Noah Dickinson, who I went to high school with, actually, oh, no way. <laughs> who lives in Philly now, and like it's funny, we kind of like he lived in LA for a while, and now we're like coming back together to work on this video, and so um, so that's not out yet. So I'm planning on releasing that in the next month or two, and so yeah. But you've yeah. released two videos already with your for, for your new album, uh, My yeah. Maker. Yeah, is out. You did, mm-hmm. That was Skyler, who's a good friend of yes, both. Yes, Skyler, Skyler Jenkins. Yeah, you guys just shot the the Trap Rabbit thing. With that him, was with right? him, yeah. and mm-hmm. also our videos at uh, Blue Light Digital Salmon with him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, He's great. Yeah, I love Skyler. He's the man. Yeah, me um, too. And they, they just went to Peach Fest, so I'm, about, I'm sure we'll get yeah. them in to, get, to tell all those stories. Totally. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And then you also had, uh, what was this song we mentioned earlier? It was the... Ease uh, Fulfillment. Ease Fulfillment, which yeah, you yeah. shot, you know, save yourself a couple bucks and yeah, just yeah, put yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. awesome. Yeah. Uh, or no, no, no. no. That, that was I'll Be There For You. Oh, that's yes, right. Okay. That, that was the video. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I'm mixing up songs. That's all good. But that's I good. love the record. It's so chill. I love that... Most of your t- well, I think it's like two out of the five songs have like sixteen note thing, mm-hmm. like yeah. kind of laid back yeah, yeah, yeah. and and vibey. Totally. I mean, maybe not vibey. That's the wrong yeah, word no, to use. It, it vibes. Well, no, I mean, vibes, all the vibe yeah. songs go to vibe tribe, and this one, you know, this is different. <laughs> They're um, not mutually mutually exclusive. I know. Right? <laughs> we can have vibes in both bands, guys. Are a lot of the guys in vibe tribe in? Your band? So, uh, John, the- Keaton, and Noah, sent, yeah, pretty much everybody. Becca's not in it. She's, you know, because she's doing her own thing. And, okay. Um, so, Keaton plays keys and percussion. 
um, John plays keys and Noah plays bass. Mm-hmm. So uh, my buddy Josh Friedman, who is co-producing all of the new stuff that I'm putting out, um, he's playing drums. And my buddy Dan Rice from the Don Drapes is playing guitar. Mm-hmm. So it's a six-piece altogether. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of six-piece, didn't you just play in like a seven-piece band with... Was it XPN's yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Exponential, fe- yeah. Exponential Fest? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the just, one that just was? Played, just played Exponential was Fest. Was it a Ali? Ali Awan. Yeah. Ali Awan. Yeah. Oh, I did check out his stuff. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah. I really loved it's it. Really is, is it. Were you on that record too as well? So I was on a couple tracks. Yeah, he just released uh, the EP Butterfly um, back in March. Like They wanted to get it out before we went to South by Southwest so that way they could you know, hand out. Oh, you're playing it this and, year? We did it this past year. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it already happened. Yeah, it was in March. We did we did that. I did um, it, I did Southwest unofficial Southwest uh, one yeah. time like years ago. Was cool. yours with an official Southwest? Yeah, so South it was it was the Philly House. So a whole bunch of Philly people come down, and um, it was through Rec Philly. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, and um, Witty Gritty, who is uh, like an events coordinator, um, Michelle Freeman, and uh, and her husband Jason. Um, are like event coordinators and so they kind of put the whole thing together but it was this like whole Philly thing they had like Pat and Gino's stakes there and a whole bunch of like Philly artists were playing on the TVs and they had Philly photographers posted up and um, they had Philly food I'm guessing too yeah exactly to play it up. yeah 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 and all Philly bands and so like Killiam Shakespeare was there Rachel Andy um, Great Time um, Foxtrot and the Get Down we played or Ali played um and um, yeah, it was really great. Like we found out about it like a month before, so it was like a last minute kind of thing. And I think Bruce Warren was kind of who is uh, the program director at XPN. Mm-hmm. He kind of had a hand in bringing us down there. And so um, didn't Bruce Warren introduce us at, at um, free at noon, Mark? Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we met the man him. Man, a few words. Yeah, that's. I mean, he got his point across. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, he did. Um, but we met him very briefly when, yeah. when we did the free at noon for XPN. But yeah, what, Bruce what is a great awesome. dude. He's awesome. We were hanging out all backstage at XPN Fest, just grooving and dancing, and he's oh. super sweet. Super sweet. I love. I love all the people at XPN. Yeah, yeah. they're they're, just, they're so great, and totally. they, uh, we got to go hang out there more. But like, mm. they. Here, I'll say this: we did free at noon. Yeah. Well, we were supposed to play free at noon in, I think it was November, December of... It was December. 20, December of right 2017? Yeah. Because, yeah, cool. okay, and then it, we got freezed, frozen out. It was like a crazy storm. And oh, no. It, well, and then they wanted us, because it was around Christmas time, they were like, can you do some Christmas stuff? We're doing like a Christmas show? And we're like... Oh, I we, forgot we really about play that. Christmas songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't and, do that. And we were we like... <laughs> so then they, they gave us January 5th. Remember yes. That? Nice. Now, this is... A big turning point for us. We're doing okay. We're playing some rooms, but they put us on a double bill because they want, still wanted us at free at noon. Well, hold yeah. on, hold on. So January fifth is the one that got canceled, though. Remember, they put us on January fifth. We, oh, we, that's could, right. we, we we said we didn't want to do the December one because of the Christmas music. That's and right. They put us on January fifth, and there was a snowstorm. Mm. And, and See, that's the night I remembered. Right. Um, and, and then Dan we got, Reed called yeah. me and said, "Hey, we're can, we're canceling." Yeah. And the way that the XPN works is they uh, they're associated through UPenn. So if UPenn mm-hmm. closes, they close. Oh, gotcha. So I mean, that's why we couldn't even do free it. And then anyway, was it a week later? A couple weeks later. Uh, we did. It was in February. So that's it was, right. So it was we, like a month later. We got put on the same bill with the James Hunter Six. Oh, cool. Who are a uh, British like R and B old school band. Nice. And and uh, from that point, from that show, it was a full house. 
Amazing. This show. We were not expecting that. It was yeah, yeah. full. We got to open, and then James Hunter liked us so much, they asked us to open for them the next week for their album release Whoa. in New York at the City Winery. Amazing. And in Bethlehem at Steel Stacks. Cool. And it was, from that point on, it, everything's been much better. It's mm-hmm. all gravy at that point. We're like touring and this, that. Last totally. year we did almost 100 shows. This year we'll probably hit like 80. Amazing. That's awesome. Or so, but that's why we love XPN and we yeah. love, they play us every now and again. But uh, our guy's Dan Reed. Yeah, we yeah. absolutely totally. love Dan I love Reed. Dan. I was hanging out with him this weekend. Oh, yeah. were you? Yeah, it's, it's so cool. That festival's amazing because it's like everybody that works there is there, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like this whole huge community that, you know, that all of the DJs are there, all the people that work, you know, behind the scenes are there. Um, you see Helen Light? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, we got a photo with her and oh, talked cool. to her for a little bit and hung out with Dan for a good bit. But between, he was broadcasting live, so it was like between him on the mic and off, like we'd, you know, hang out backstage. And um, John Batiste was there and he's played a couple of my tracks and mm-hmm. is. Uh, hopefully, I'm releasing a new single this Friday, so hopefully. He'll play that one. My maker, actually. It's the full band oh, version. Oh, awesome. Of that. Yeah. So the full band version that you heard with the sax and all mm-hmm. that. Um, threw Will, me Will off. Shade actually played sax on that. Oh, no yeah, way. Yeah. Which came from that Grape Room night, the night that we met, or the night that we officially met. Um, that jam that I had towards the end of my set, I, I had Will and um, Keegan, I think his name is. He, he also plays yeah. sax. They hopped up. And we just like connected that night, and the next week I was in the studio, and I called Will up, and I was like, "Hey, man, I need sax on this track. Like, are you around?" He came in for like a half an hour and laid down the whole. He did the whole, all the home tracks. Sax. Yeah, and like, I was like, "Play this line, or, you know, like do your thing," and then kind of like massaged into like you know a part that I kind of was hearing in my head, and then I was like, "Harmonize with that." Now harmonize with that, and he made this beautiful like three part harmony for it, and and he's so good too. If, for those who don't know, Will is a sax player for a. Darla mm-hmm. and uh, it plays keys beautifully as well, and he mm-hmm. plays for a lot of people. He, mm-hmm. He's around, but um, he plays with Corey Wong. Yeah, th- when Corey it's comes amazing. to town, he's a part yeah. of that crew that does mm-hmm. a lot of the East Coast stuff. So yeah. does Ian Gray mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Sam Greenfield and a few of the guys. That we yeah, yeah, totally. Um, he's awesome great though. Dudes. Yeah, w- Will's awesome, and just from that one night, I was like, I want to, I want to get you on a record somehow, and then mm-hmm. called him the next week, and he was like. Free for like a half, literally is like a half an hour, and he laid everything down. It was no crazy. It was crazy. It was amazing. That's but so it sounds cool. great, and yeah. So hopefully John will be playing that, and uh, yeah, I got to see Eric Schumann and Mike Vasilikos and um, and Dan obviously, and um, David Dye. Are you reading off of a list of DJs? In the There's just a me? list of DJs. They're all in my head, man. <laughs> oh well, no, you're doing that thing, and you're doing recall. You got like a whole list. You just let me just make sure I get every DJ because I want them to play me. I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, make sure not to forget Helen Light. Can't forget Helen Light. It's, it's funny, man. It's like, you know, I think it's cyclical. And it's like if you, um, you know, five years ago, nobody would have played my stuff. You mm-hmm. know? And now it's, you know, the, the tides kind of seem like they're changing. And, you know, I've been putting in a lot of hard work and just busting my ass. And I think it's starting to finally kind of turn around and show some signs of, you know, whatever. Yeah, so the winds of change. The winds of change. They're coming, man. <laughs> Can I'll we cut you, that out? I'll give you that five dollars really later. Bad. Really bad. Oh, I'll give you that a, five bucks that was later. A bad <laughs> Great. Segue. I thought it was brilliant, dude. I'm leaving it. <laughs> Speaking of 
segues. Have you have you heard about um, Lyft is doing this thing? Uh, Lyft, the the, the um, rideshare company. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They partnered with uh, Chance the Rapper. Okay. And um, what they did was they're calling it Chance the Rider. Oh, it's so great! <laughs> Chance the we're gonna Rider. have to call. We're gonna have to call. We have them to call sure. them. <laughs> Uh, Chance the Rapper did a deal with them where if, if you if you uh, ride in the, a lift from a, this particular Friday to a Monday, you got his record for free. Oh, cool. And he came out with a record recently. I, I'm blanking on the name of it right now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I thought that was really interesting, and I love the way that you promote your stuff. Oh, thanks. Do you see the future of, I guess, music advertisement or reaching uh, customers going in a very bizarre way like people are going to start branching out into different avenues of promoting their music yeah definitely i mean like like just that example is a perfect example it's like that's such a strange way to do that you know and i'm sure like he's probably getting some money from lifts oh yeah (laughs) you know and like but you know what's funny is that is that uh every person gets the the album and then uh the drivers also get the record Mm. and then it's just an interesting way to collaborate, and they keep saying, like, yeah, well, when you drive, you listen to music. Yeah. It's like, well, no, why didn't anybody think of that before? Right, right, right. And I was just curious if you had done anything like that as well. Well, I don't have the budget to do something <laughs> like that, but... <laughs> Neither do we. Yeah. I was curious. One day I will, but um, no, yeah, I think it's like... I mean, marketing is such an interesting thing, because it's like, there's so many crazy avenues to go down. Like, I remember when Taylor Swift's record was coming out, I saw her ad on the side of a UPS truck. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Like what? Like that's so strange and random, and um, and you know, like that's cool. They remember yeah. that. Exactly. I mean, we're talking about it now, so I mm-hmm. guess it worked, you know. And and I think that that's the thing. It's like if you're doing something that is outlandish and crazy, like people are going to remember that, and that's the point of it, you know. It's like I definitely. Th- I mean, I think that it's. I think that it's kind of a blessing and a curse, you know. It's like we're already in a culture of so much stimulus and so much already in your face and everybody's trying to sell you something and Mm -hmm. all the way down to food, you know, like it's like I've been doing a lot of, um, you know, research recently just about diet and about, you know, what I put in my body and yeah, I'm thinking about and, and have been kind of making moves to go fully plant-based. And so this is um, so cool. What did you watch? So, uh, I I just saw Vegucated. Okay. And what's the other one? It, it was horrible. They showed like all the animals being mistreated. Yeah, in for the, sure. The animal farm. Food Inc. is one. That's one. Yeah. yeah um, that's not specifically like plant-based diet. That's just like kind of highlighting the industrialized farming complex and all that. But um, I don't remember what we were talking about. Um, You're talking about going fully vegan. Yeah. Full, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I've... Um, my, my dad's been kind of going through some health issues recently mm-hmm. and it's just kind of made me kind of step back and think about what I'm putting into my body. Like this Mexican ale. Hey, it's vegan. It's vegan. Uh, I hope. <laughs> um, Damn, but, uh, here. I'm speaking just of marketing, how <laughs> <Yeah>. about that? <laughs> Here's back your $5 back. Thank you so Thank much. You. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, just, it's, it's kind of made me kind of just start thinking about what I'm putting in my body and, and, um, and you know, it goes to like, I, I read something recently, like if it had, like for food, if it has a commercial, don't eat it, you know? That's and a so, good rule. Yeah. So I've been kind of like thinking about that and thinking about, I've always, I was vegetarian for a couple of years, a few years ago, and then kind of got back into the meat thing. And, um, so, uh, 
I've just recently just kind of like started thinking about the fully plant-based thing and I actually went out and I did a gig out in Cleveland um, two weeks ago and a guy that I was working with, the editor that we brought out, is fully plant-based and I guess he's vegan but maybe plant-based and mm. so he kind of re-inspired me into looking into that and there's this guy, Dr. Michael Greger, excuse me, who um, is a nutritionist and, and is fully plant-based and has this uh, website nutritionfacts.org and it, he does nothing for profit any of the profit that he makes from his books that he's he just had a new, his big book it uh how not to die oh yeah that's which is which is marketing you know, yes yeah, <laughs> great name yeah um but all of the money that he makes goes to charity and um but he he just wants to because the information that he learned helped save his oh, sorry help save his family and help save his parents that were going through medical issues. And, um, and you can reverse a lot of, you know, he's done, there's been a lot of scientific research into reversing heart disease and reversing the signs of, of um, stroke and diabetes and the, the leading 15 killers of the human being um, can be reversed through plant-based diet. And so it's just kind of really opened my eyes to you know, what I put in my body and, you know, what, um, you know, where it comes from. And, you know, I never really thought about it before. And, you know, when I was vegetarian before, it was just kind of like, I kind of want to try this. And then I, then I started doing research into like the industrialized meat complex and um, the industrialized farming and, and how, um, you know, chickens are raised, you know, in, in those kinds of environments and how, um you know, it's bad energy, you know, it's like these animals are scared when they die and you can, you can get that same kind of energy into you, you know, by eating it and that well, doesn't it release like some sort of hormone yes. when, as they know they're about to be killed and then you eat the meat and then exactly. that hormone goes into your... Right, exactly. Mm. And, you know, you can believe it or you, you, you can't or whatever, you know, and I, I don't know, I just like, I think that there's a lot of that that affects who we are psychologically right. and physiologically and I think that um, I don't know I just like the, the research that's been done on plant-based foods have molecularly changed people's biochemistry you know and I think that that there's evidence now there's there's a like lot the China of study and yeah. uh, mm -hmm. what's the other big one uh, there's another book out where they talk about it but the China studies mm -hmm. of 35,000 I think it's 35,000, maybe it's 3,500. I, I might have moved the comma. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I blame Ballbird's Brewing Company. Um, hey. But, but, but uh, they, they have proof now, mm -hmm. especially this the study was obviously done over in China, and they show that at the, the more that you eat a plant-based diet, you know, cancer and heart disease and all sorts of other stuff yep. goes down. Absolutely. And, or the chances of those things go down. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting little graph they have. It really is, uh, yeah. But it's fascinating. Do you were you vegetarian when you were on the road? Yeah, for for a little while. I was. Uh, this is probably like three years ago. I think we were doing U.S. tours. Well, here's why point. I asked. Yeah. And oh, and I, I was vegetarian when I was in Europe. Okay, cool. Well, cool. Then this is a good yeah. question to ask. Yeah. Um, I know that I eat very unhealthy. Sure. On the on the road, just oh, because it's so like hard to, yeah. for us, it's like okay, what do we do? Let's go to a brewery before we go to yeah. uh, whatever the the hell oh, yeah, yeah. gig, you know? Totally, totally. Or um, ooh, ooh, our favorite place is this place that does. I know this is not this or that, but we, we go to this place where they have goat cheeseburgers Okay, from uh, England. What's it called again? Like the meat is from a goat? Yeah. Okay. What's uh, the place called? We, you're talking about... Uh, in Charlottesville. Is it go is, 
Um, we go there every time. Yeah, to go. What you're about. It's, not it's, goaties. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, they're like lamb burgers. Lamb, not goat. Excuse me, lamb. That's what I meant. Yeah. What's the name? It's called a Bach Burger. Bach Burger. Bach Burger. Okay. Awesome. We saw yeah. it. We're like, I guess we'll try it. It yeah. was the best ever. I bet. But, oh, yeah. But totally. so anyway, the whole point of that was that we, we eat super unhealthy. Well, <laughs> And I was I just curious that, if you had any uh, tips. Yeah, no, I think road. that, I mean, the road is like a super tough, especially like when you're in the Midwest and the South. I mean, the South is like oh, all yeah. barbecue. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Midwest, they're putting chili and spaghetti together. You know, it's like, it's kind of hard not to. In Ohio, they do chili, they do chili and spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's like one of their main things. What, what is it? The, um, what do they call that? It's in uh, Cleveland or, or Cincinnati, I think. My brother um, would know this. I, I don't remember off the I top can't of my head. Yeah. There's Sky, actually, Skyline Chili. Skyline That's chili. right. They have that's Skyline and yeah. they have another chili place that they mm-hmm. compete. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what the other place is called. But well, they're the everywhere. Well, the marketing works for Skyline because so, we're talking about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, so I was vegetarian a couple times on the road. In Europe, it was it was kind of tough too because it's like they're, they're – um, you know, they eat a lot of meat too. Not as much though. It's it's more it's more proportional to it's balanced to, yeah exactly, and um, but yeah it's tough it's definitely tough I mean you kind of have to like really and I'm about to go on tour and I'm like trying this plant based thing so I'm like kind of interested to see what's gonna happen I'm thinking about maybe bringing a cooler with me and then just having like fruits and veggies with me and nuts and grains with me all the time so I can just kind of snack and I've realized I'm I eat more with the plant based thing more frequently. So like I I eat less but more frequently. Right, you eat smaller dishes. Exactly, but yeah. More often. Totally, yeah. Like I'll do like celery juice in the morning and then like a smoothie and then make like, you know, sauteed vegetables for lunch and then, you know, do I normally go out or, you know, make something like a veggie burger or yeah. a salad or something and then We've threatened with doing a, a grill for a little while. A grill, yeah, yeah we've yeah, yeah. talked. Well, bring it has been, it's been a while, but we used to talk about bringing a grill on the road. That'd yeah, 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 cool. totally, totally. Doing like uh, George Foreman, bro. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you get like the converter for your car <laughs> to convert the power. We're doing it out the window, serving <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> <laughs> people on the highway. Who oh. wants burgers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good way to make a living. You're not getting paid in a game. There you go. We're yeah. actually making more with our burger car than we are with the music. I don't know what this is about. Um, they quit music to start serving burgers. It's very strange. They just travel to the U.S. <laughs> and serve, man. It's like a bad version of. Uh, you ever seen Chef the movie? With John Favreau, I love that movie. Yeah, it's I got so it on good. DVD. But so like, good. they they buy this food truck and they drive across the U.S. Yep. selling all this sort, sort of shit. Anyway, it's, it's to connect with his son, right? He does it to yeah. connect with his son. Yeah. Well, no, he quit. He loses his job because of a food critic. Oh, that's right. And then he it's has to look for a gig. Right. And then his wife, Sophia Vergara. By the way, how does John Favreau score Sophia Vergara? That's that's bad writing. <laughs> John That's Favreau. bad casting. That's bad casting. Yeah. No, John Favreau wrote that into the script. Yeah, He's sure. like the most beautiful, <laughs> the most beautiful girl in yeah. in the country. Yes, please. <laughs> um, no, that yeah. wouldn't happen. Uh, and then also, he sleeps with Scarlett Johansson, like in the first. That's crazy. That's Fifteen crazy. minutes of the movie. It's like, is it real? Is that real? John yeah. Favreau. Anyway, I'm I'm off of our kilter here. Yeah, no but um, no, I I was curious if you had any tips. Well, the cooler thing's cool. I might try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't tried it yet either. This 
next two weeks are going to be a kind of a Wait, test. Wait, who, who, you're leaving for tour tomorrow, right? Yeah, I fly out at 6 tomorrow morning. Who are you yeah. touring with? Molada. Molada. Oh, cool. Where are you yeah. guys going? So we're doing, uh, we're doing a festival in Appleton, Wisconsin. Mm. We're doing Milwaukee, then Appleton, um, like three or four days there. Mm-hmm. I have like five shows in three days there. And then, um, and then Jordan actually flies out to do his family vacation. And then Shane, Jeff, and I are playing my music for four gigs um, in Colorado. So we're doing my music for like three or four sets with this band, The Mammoths, which is an Austin-based band, Austin, Texas, who are like really good friends. And they're, we all have the same booking agent. And so Matt Washburn, who's like amazing. What company does he work with? Or so is it his? he was with um, Empire uh, Agency, which is based out of L.A., mm-hmm. He and his partner, Caleb Coker, just opened up uh, Atlas Touring, which is like a bootsy. Atlas Touring. Yeah, Atlas Touring. They're based out of um, Charleston, North Carolina, or Charleston, South Carolina. Cool. And so, um, yeah, they just open up shop and have probably like 15 people on their roster. But me, the Mammoths, Mo Lauda, um, the Vagabonds. Uh, I've heard of them. Sam Birchfield, Pip the Pansy. Um, Pip the Pansy? Pip the Pansy. So Pip the Pansy and Sam Birchfield are married, and so they go on tour a lot together. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. I just played with them in D.C., actually. Um, oh, where at, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, Hill Country Barbecue. Never heard of it. It's a cool spot. It's like uh, it's like a probably like 150 cap room kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it's like in the basement of this barbecue place, and Dustin, the guy who books out of there, is like a really cool dude, and... Um, and he manages a guy, Pierce Edens, who Matt books for, too. So it's kind of all this, like, you know... We it's a saying, mishmash. Yeah, yeah, the world keeps getting smaller. It's just like, that's like... I was just curious if you, if you guys were booking that tour, because that sounds complicated. You, you guys do the, the run as this band for this many days, and mm-hmm. then it's your band for this many days. And So that kind of, like, stemmed out of, like... So I started touring with Molauda right. maybe, like, two and a half years ago. And I came on as their photo and video guy, and so I was doing photos and video for them. You know, we were doing month-long tours, week here, week there, weekenders, you know, that kind of thing. And so, how does um, that work? Do you get paid as much as the band does, or did you have like a stipend? You don't have to share exact numbers. I'm just curious yeah, how sure. that works. Uh, I mean, they take care of me. Okay, you know, it's it's like um, I don't know where it comes from. I mean, they you, know, you don't ask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, and it's funny because it kind of stemmed out of like we were all hanging out pretty heavy in Fishtown and um, you know we would just go back to one of our places after the bar and jam and hang out and um, I had started writing all of this new material that I'm about to release Um, actually you know what no I didn't no actually I'm fucking up the timeline Thank you, uh, <laughs> Bob Bird's Brain Counter. You know what you need? Another Bob Bird's Brain Counter. No, what was it? So yeah, so we were just kind of like hanging out and like became really close. And um, one of them saw my website and saw that I did like film and video work. And they were like, oh, come on the road with us. And we did like a weekender out to Pittsburgh and State College and then Philly. And so that went really well. I was like creating stuff that they were into. And it just kind of like snowballed and like it just kept going. And, um, you know, I, I write and play music too. And so... They were like, why don't you open up for us a couple shows? And so then it started me doing, you know, I would open up for them and then I would take the photo and video. For their me, set. For their set, yeah. And, uh, and the so, winds have changed, The winds have changed. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it just became this thing where I was just kind of a fourth member and, you know, was the guy who was creating what the visuals were for them. And 
Um, and so, uh, you know, it just kind of like kept happening and they kept asking me to go on the road and um, eventually, you know, they are writing this new record now and they are thinking about adding a fourth member. And so I was kind of... You were already there. I was there, you know, and so like, you know, that's kind of Wait. We're testing those waters now. And so you're going to be, so, are you about to be permanent? Uh, you know, we're testing those waters. I don't, uh, I'm, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of seeing, seeing what's up. But, uh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know how that goes. I do. It's, I it's, do. Uh, but, um, that's exciting though. Yeah. It's really, it's really exciting. I'm, I'm, and I love those dudes. Like we've over the past like three years, I've known Shane for like five years now, but mm-hmm. like, um, Jordan and Jeff have become like brothers to me and like you know like when you're out on the road you're, you're in this bubble and you experience these things that nobody else experiences and um you know it's just they've become so close and it's just kind of it's become a natural kind of progression you know and so um them then backing me up on this run you know for a couple shows just be, it was a natural thing you know it's like i have these songs they already know all the songs they've already heard the songs they've lived with them for a while now and right. so like it was just kind of, we had a rehearsal like last week and it was just they already knew everything it was just like oh this is you know just super easy and and so um so yeah it's just been kind of like this like very natural progression of like going from you know filming video and photo content and and then through that i've gotten a whole bunch of different work too and we work with this nonprofit out in denver called candade which is an uh, an offshoot of oscar blues brewery who does like a lot of work with like, you know, um, schools that can't afford musical instruments, and so. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we go in and give them a concert, and then we give them instruments that Candade buys for them that they can't afford, and so. There've just been all of these really great opportunities through Molauda that I'm like super grateful and fortunate for, and mm-hmm. just like, it's it's crazy how, one weekend. Going to Pittsburgh and you know shooting film and video for them can turn into like you know almost three years now on the road and creating stuff with them and just it's that's so cool it's crazy man it's i'm I'm just this year especially has just been just crazy for me it's been very fortunate i'm super grateful for everybody that's like reached out and wanted to you know like this is a perfect example of it i'm Mm -hmm. like you know, you guys want me to come out and hang out and talk about what I'm doing. You know, like, that's crazy to me. Well, you know? no, we just wanted to get you drunk to see what you were, like, wasted. <laughs> that was the real test. We wanted to see what bald birds did to you. This is really a science experiment. This is not the China study. This is the bald ex- study. I think you got something there. That's I think good marketing. the bald study? That's good marketing right there. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but, no, we... We truly love those guys, and, and yeah. I, I need to go see Mo Lauda and the Humble out in Philly mm-hmm. soon, and also see you again with Thanks, your man. band. All right, so this next part of the show we call Whip It Out. Whip out your phone. And oh, and he, he got nervous. Oh, no. He's like, he wasn't kidding about the naked thing. <laughs> um, so what we do is we talk about the last five things you've been listening to. This is a okay. music podcast, so I like to talk to right, right, right. musicians and see what are they checking out? What are they li- okay. listening to? So, so here, bust out, whip out your phone, phone. Not bust phone out your phone. That's a different show. Um, um, and we, so we'll talk Spotify about the last five or? things. Yeah, Spotify. Do that. It's honest, you know? Yeah, yeah. We sure. don't tell our guests either. Like, oh, no. I, like a lot of our guests are teachers, so they have to share with us what they're teaching instead of like what what they're actually listening to. It's okay. a little embarrassing. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, that's good. That's good. I yeah. like that. But uh, what do um, you got? 
I got a, so I have to, uh, I just got a new phone. My phone just busted. So I haven't opened Spotify on this yet. So I have to uh, just like log in and stuff. But, oh, then if you um, don't, you, you don't have to do that. You can just tell us like what you remember off the top of your head. Like what are yeah, the last yeah, yeah. five things you Well, so I've been to? listening to a lot of Molauda just to like get familiar with, mm-hmm. with what we're going to be playing. But um, I, uh, I love Blake Mills. Blake Mills is always like something I've always been recently listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know Blake Mills. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, I don't yeah. know the music very well, but I know mm-hmm. I know the name. Yeah, so I mean, he's played with everybody. He used to be a, uh, a sideman for um, Lucinda Williams, oh. and has played with Fiona Apple and mm-hmm. like a lot of like LA cats, you know. And um, he's just like an incredible producer, incredible musician, and like his songwriting is just like. Uh, it's unreal. It's like it's so poetic in its lyricism, and then the production of it is just like absolutely incredible. Just so good. Um, so I'm I'm like always kind of listening to him. He's always kind of on my recent listens. Um, and uh, Jim James. Oh, I love Jim James. Yeah, me too. His solo records recently. I've been. Uh, oh, I didn't know he dropped a new record. I just knew his stuff um, with um, the new basement tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that he's dropped one recently. Or actually, maybe. He, yeah, I guess he had. It's. Um, can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but the one that actually Blake Mills produced. That's probably why I love it. That's so the much. connection. But yeah. Okay. Um, so I've been listening to that a lot. Um, can't remember what the name of that. I, I gotta. I gotta open up Spotify. To, to <laughs> we <know>. tried. <laughs> um, but uh, I actually just saw him recently. Um, Jim I James was, or Blake Mills? Jim James, okay. yeah. And I was... Um, so, uh, friends of mine from Nashville Air Park. I don't know if you know them. <laughs> they've, they've been doing Philly. They'll play it like every six months or so. And, um, and so, they were playing the Fillmore. Or they were playing um, the Foundry. Right, the smaller the room with the Fillmore. Exactly, yeah. So, I was able to get on the guest list. So, I got in. And then I heard, I didn't know, but I heard Jim James was playing at the Fillmore that night. I'm like, oh my God, I have to see that. So I like go down, go downstairs where the, you know, cause you can, you go down the stairs and then around the bend and you're in the Fillmore. And so, um, I go out to like some people smoking cigarettes. I was like, do you know if anybody's like selling tickets? And they're like, aren't you already in the show? Like you're already here. You know, like I'm already in the gates. Like, mm-hmm. so they thought I was already in there. I was like, yeah, I am in this show. And so I just like walked through the doors. Nobody, nobody asked me, any nobody questions. Asked me. Yeah. That is so, so cool. So I get in and I go right up front and it turns out my buddy EJ, who's a filmmaker, was is literally standing right next to me. Like I he's like this tall dude with like super curly hair. We've done some work together in the past and um I like get up front and I turn to my my right and I'm like, Holy shit, EJ, you're here and he's like a big Jim James fan and so like I'm like right up front and it was like I've never felt this way after a show. Like, my body was vibrating. Like, like it tingling? Was, like, yeah. after, you would after, like, a meditative Yeah, uh, exactly. Session? Exactly. It was the, and I was, like, closing my eyes a lot and, like, really, like, trying to experience the music, you know? Mm. And I've never felt that way before. It was, like, this, like, pulsating. It, it was unreal. It was, like, a religious experience. Like, no it was way. one of the best concerts I've been to. And it's, and it's funny because, like, there were some moments where, like, the drummer seemed to like slow down a little bit in one of the jams. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is that on purpose? Like, is, is he intentionally slowing down? Yeah, or are we like morphing into another song? Or right. Something? But yeah. it was the same jam. And it was like, it kind of threw me off as a musician, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, is he like, but then it, it just like, and it was very simple. Like there, there weren't a lot of like flashiness. There wasn't a lot of like, you know, braggadocious licks or anything like that. It was just like whatever served the music, you know? And like, you know, he has a song here in spirit, you know, or the, yeah, here in spirit, and it just 
it was just like a religious experience. It was it was incredible. So I've been listening to a lot of that. Eternally even. That's that's the album. Braggadocious. Braggadocious. I want to keep that. Put that in my uh, vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Braggadocious. Anyway, braggadocious. what's your number three? Um. Uh, yeah. So it's like a lot of Blake Mills and. It's just every um, album. Just yeah, right. It's just every recently album. listened to. You know, I've been listening to a lot of Anthony Jeselnik. The comedian. The comedian, yeah, yeah. So I like, I, when I'm in the car, I'm listening to NPR. Mm-hmm. I, I, I find myself not listening to a lot of music. Just because you're surrounded by it all the time? Yeah, yeah, and it's always, it's always around, and I just, I like not listening to music, you know? And mm-hmm. so, like, I like listening to comedy, and my buddy Noah Skaroff, um, who plays bass in the band, and... Um, he was like raving about the most recent Anthony Jeselnik and Anthony Jeselnik is so raw and so like you don't say that shit you mm-hmm. know like you don't say that kind of stuff and it's just so funny it's just so good because it's so wrong you know oh yeah and so everybody like the most... crowd's like cringing and laughing at the same exactly, time exactly it's yeah. not my type of comedy but I respect it right. for sure right exactly yeah. exactly and it's just so good. It's just so so bad. It's good, you know. Mm-hmm. And he has, he doesn't care. He has no filter, and that's like a beautiful thing about it is because, you know, that's what comedy is about. You you should be able to talk about the things that you're not socially acceptably supposed to be talking about, mm-hmm. you know. And he just pushes that boundary in that way, you know. And so I really love like I respect that, you know. I'm tr- I'm trying to push my own boundaries in my own way musically or you know through film and I really respect artists that are doing the same thing and mm-hmm. trying to do something that hasn't been said before do something that hasn't been done before and trying to push those boundaries you know and in whatever little way I can I'm trying to do that in my own artwork so I think that that resonates with me in that way um, so Makes I've been sense. listening to a lot of him number four um Oh, Toro y Moi. Who? Toro y Moi. You should check check the, their most recent record. It's this guy, um, Chaz. Oh, I should know his name. Chaz Bennett, I think his name is, or Chaz. He's like a f- super full, well-rounded artist. Like mm-hmm. he does music, and that's kind of where he, you know, got it's like big. His own base. Yeah. But uh, he does a lot of graphic design, and like a lot of his. Um, all of his artwork that's for the records, all the graphic stuff he's done, it starts with the drawing, and he's just a really, like, really, really inspirational artist. Like, musically, it's amazing. His most recent record, Outer Peace, is, like, I love it. It's, like, dance music and very kind of out there, but also, like, just super groovy, and um, and he's just come out with a whole bunch of different records, and... Is that a cow? No, that's the uh, the shitty fire department next door. They they're, they're the they only change their horn. No, no, they, it's they, not they even like a... it enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they're the only fire department in like the entire state that insists on having the old 1920s. They actually have to crank mm. it by hand. They're yeah, like, but it's, oh, it's, it's like, an antique, man. You know? That guy has a hangover. That's why it's so. Yeah, right. It's, it's like it's like they have that, but they're like also like ah, we don't really care that much. So it's just like. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Usually it's like, ooh. Oh, no, it is. Letting everybody know. This is like, nah. Yeah, nah, we're here. Every now and then it's a small fire. There's a fire. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, real quick, what's number five? What's the last thing? Oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Satori Moi, I yeah. like, highly recommend. And also just the videos that he puts out for his songs are just really, really cool. Um, oh, and Tame Impala. Oh, yeah. Love Tame Impala. So good. I've been listening to them a lot. Currents, that record specifically, is like... I need. I don't know too much about their music. I know mm-hmm. the name for sure. Somebody else mentioned them on the podcast, and I can't remember who it was, but uh, I'll definitely check out that record. Yeah. I have to go to a, a thing after this. It's great. And then you hear them live, and it sounds exactly like the record. It's That's a great thing and also a bad thing. Because what... You know those people... Well, okay, I'll say this. Yeah. I respect that. Mm-hmm. I do want to hear some sort of variation because you sure. have the record. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I, I agree with that. I don't yeah. definitely agree with that. Because yeah. you're like, it's cool. I, I heard that just, earlier yeah, when I was right. making sure I knew the tunes. Right, 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 yeah. I don't know, but that's awesome. I'll check out the record for yeah, sure. So I, I agree with that for sure, and I've been in that mindset too of like the live show because like the songs that I have right now are very they're, they're the songs you know it's the, the way they are mm-hmm. um, but there are elements to the live show that we've added that aren't on the record so it would be like you know there is something special there for and like I think every show is different though too like I try and you know I, I one thing I learned from Europe was like really talking to the audience and like when you're over in Europe you know English might not be their first language so like they're hearing these songs for the first time and might not be able to understand everything. So if you give them a little something before the song, like this is where I was when I wrote it, or this is what it's about, or this is what I was going through, I've been trying to really incorporate that in my, um, you know, stage presence and trying to, you know, give them something, give the audience something to kind of chew on while they're hearing the chorus Mm -hmm. or while they're hearing the verse and kind of give them something to like, Associate with the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. For us, we don't have that problem. <laughs> right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Which We're, is a totally different way to, to resonate yeah. with it, you know? Which is yeah, different yeah. because I know that I come from very much the same background as you, very mm-hmm. singer-songwriting, mm-hmm. songwriter remarks from kind of the jam, classic rock totally. aspect. So he's had to explain to me a few times, like, no, we don't have to talk between tunes. Right. We're here to jam, mm-hmm. and our vibe is to keep people dancing and having a good time. Yeah. And I was, and I was like, that makes sense. Totally. Um, it's For me, it's like, I used to be say something before every song, and then I started seeing more and more artists do that where it was detrimental to their live show. Right. And I was like, oh. Uh. Yeah, there, so, there's definitely a, a fine line, for sure. Like, yeah. I'm not going to talk after every single song, but like... I know people that do, and it's like... For sure, yeah. I mean, I think there are spaces for that. Like, look, you play a house show... With 40 people. Oh, it's if it's intimate. intimate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, there, there are also some artists that are really good storytellers, too. Right, and, right. And they'll, like, they'll have a great story before. Like, I think Bruce Springsteen is really good at that. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, but, but, like, but like some artists, it's just like, you don't you don't need to talk. Just just right. next song, man. Just shut the fuck up. And, and I've, I've had this conversation with my buddy Dan from the Don Drapes. We've, we've talked about this a lot. And he's in the mindset of, I don't want to speak for him, but I've, we've talked about it. Um, he's in the mindset of, like, no talking. Just let the music speak for itself. And I totally get that. I totally get that. But like myself as a performer and like my theatrical background, I'd rather for some songs kind of give something to the audience mm-hmm. so that way they have just something to, you know, relate to or, you know, right. oh, oh, that's why they're saying that, you know. I, I, I mean, used to think it was to give an, the audience an, an, uh, a break for their ears, mm-hmm. like just so they're not being pounded by mostly bass. Sure. Right. Because it does affect your hearing after a while if you're just mm-hmm. constantly hearing like, yeah, yeah, just constantly. 
Totally. That was a great bass impression. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Mark's bass line, man. Oh, no, here's Mark's bass line. <laughs> hey, man, don't give away my secrets. Come on, man. <laughs> the deep and dark secrets of Mark Brown. Going to kill Rob. Um, <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually Googling drummers right now. <laughs> so we, I, I've told this story before, but uh, Hambone really has a history of firing drummers at this one particular venue. So every time we get to this venue, I nervously oh, no. get ner- I jokingly get nervous. Like, is this my time? Am is I done? It, am I out? Am I out? It's Palms the uh, are sweaty the way station, right? Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, mm. and we just played there. I and love that spot. And got away on skates. Nice. So <laughs> I love that spot. It's the Doctor Who themed mm-hmm. spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the TARDIS bathroom. I used to live like. A subway stop away from there. No way. Yeah, right down the street. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I know. Okay, so yeah. here we go. This is the lightning round. You ready? I, know. I guess so, yeah. You'll be all right. Yeah. What's the first album you ever owned? Uh, MXPX. Um, oh, God. What was the name of it? You know MXPX? They were like a punk band. No. It was like a, it was like a punk band, but it was soft punk. It was like not... It was like stuff that your mom listened to, and it was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, mom could listen to this, that kind of thing. Okay, so instead of a mosh pit, just people gently pushing each other. Exactly. Very gentle. Very gentle aggression. Um, They did like a, oh, darling, oh, darling, like that kind of vibe. (laughs) It was like, it was... I met a girl, darling, what's your name? Oh, okay. In a a punk version, yeah. That was well. Th- so wait, that was the first CD I owned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but you were gonna throw me a cassette. The first cassette I asked for when I was like, "This is so embarrassing. I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm gonna say it. Whatever." Uh, it was in uh, sync, no strings attached. Whatever, bro. It's pop. Yeah, it was pop. Yeah, it was. You know, questionable at eleven. You're, well, no, I mean, like they had good tunes, and like that's you they did like, have good tunes. They had good man. tunes. You're yeah. either an InSync guy or well, InSync person or Backstreet right. Boys person. Right. Totally. Um, totally. I was. Backstreet Boys, I think. Okay, yeah. It's been a minute. Dude, new kids on the block. Oh, oh, yeah. Marky Mark. I'm pretty old, man. Oh, wait, was Mark? No, it was no. Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, Donnie DeWalberg. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Donnie DeWalberg. Donnie DeWalberg. <laughs> um, okay, uh, what was the first show you saw? Live show. First show I saw. Damn, you're taking it way back. Um, it was probably like a hardcore show in my hometown. There was like a really big hardcore scene. Um, and there was this band, Vagrant Forsaken. Okay, that's and a name. That's a name, for sure. Yeah. And uh, it was like a hardcore band, you know, screaming. There was like the, the, this screamer dude who also played keys, and then this drummer, Ben Wise, who was like, he ripped. He. I like the craziest drummer I've probably ever seen. Like he would throw up almost every show because he would play so hard and be singing at the top of his lungs that they would put like a bucket next to his drum kit every single show, and he would throw up every single show. Oh my god! It was disgusting, but also like sick. Like, that's raging so though. Cool. But I mean, yeah. like, so I mean, rock and roll, man. So Jesus Christ, roll, man. that's sick in so many ways. Yeah, um, it's literally <laughs> sick, disgusting. <laughs> so it was probably it was probably that I think. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I've been going to shows for so long. I, it was probably that. I was probably in like junior high or high school. 
What's your favorite song to play? It can be yours. My be favorite song to play. Somebody else's or it can be yours or theirs. Doesn't matter. Um. I don't know. That's hard. I I really I just really love playing music, mm-hmm. and like every song has its moment. I think and and um. I really like. Um, there's a song. So when I play with Ali, like we. We all shred. Like, we mm-hmm. all go balls to the wall. And I love that vibe. Like, I love... My, my solo stuff is, like, you know, it's... It's, it's more relaxed. More, yeah, it's more chill, more, you know, song-based. I mean, his stuff's song-based, too, but, like, there's, like, the energy to, like, just shred. Mm-hmm. And the song Be A Light that he has is, like... I love playing that song live. That and Beyond the Valley. Those, those two songs are, like, the shreddiest shredding, just, like, in-your-face dance and jump up and down and like and I don't I, I just like there's something that comes out of me when I play with him that I just like want to like run all over the stage and like oh yeah I don't know if I don't know if he even likes that and but I mean it's a big band I can see that you just like you're just so excited it's just so much fun and mm-hmm. yeah it's just wall of sound kind of vibe mm-hmm. and I really love that and um I also just love like like the nights that like Jordan and I, Jordan Kyola from Molada and I always get together and just play songs together acoustic and just harmonize. And those are some of my favorite nights and favorite songs to play. Like we'll play James Taylor. We'll play, um, you know, CSN. We'll play like old, you know, harmony driven songs and, you know, a lot of Fleet Foxes because mm-hmm. that's, but I think it's more of an environment for me than it is like particular songs yeah, to play, and when we get together, it's you know we're just like hanging out. If the um, vibe is right, the songs will yeah will feel well, exactly. feel good, and yeah. then yeah, totally. That's that's kind of my. It's more of an environment based thing than it's like oh that song specifically is like what I love to play. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That What's your favorite thing. venue? Mm. Music venue. To play, to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Man, I'm trying to like go through all of the. I know you had to sift played. through the U.S. Yeah. and then through Europe, and right, just, like, right, right. I, Europe came to mind right away. Um, there's this spot in Bern, Switzerland, called Les Amis, which is like um, our friends. Yes, the tra- rough translation. The, the friends. The friends. Yeah. yeah. Our um, friends. Yeah. What, what? This guy Magnus Berth, who runs the place, mm-hmm. we call him the Jay Z of Switzerland because he's <laughs> like he's a baller. Like he's like. This super handsome dude that just like is like so down to earth. Excuse me. Another uh, plug for the Mexican ale. Um, but yeah, Magnus Berth um, runs this club. So there's an upstairs and a downstairs. The upstairs is um, it's like a bar, and then you kind of play on the side of the bar, and it's always packed. There's, mm-hmm. there's, it's like the spot to be in Burn. Burn's like a little old. The, the town's like. A thousand years old or something you know sure. the, the buildings there are like 500 600 years old really old place and um i have this friend menick who always puts us up and he lives in like this like four-story kind of like i want to call it a row home but all of the buildings are connected there so it's like just the way people live there and um and so just like the whole at the whole environment of the show is amazing so like we would go to to menick's place and he would cook dinner with his wife Franzi and um, or Francesca and um, 
you know, we'd have dinner and then we would go to this place and, or we'd have lunch there and then go to this place and Magnus would cook dinner on this grill that he has outside and he would cook dinner for everybody that's there. And so, um, and then we would play for two hours and hang out and drink and just, it's just this whole incredible environment that, that they, that he, that Magnus cultivates. And so that's probably one of my favorite venues to play there. Um, in the States, uh, I love Johnny Brenda's. Mm-hmm. I love Johnny Brenda's. That, that might be like... Yeah, it's very intimate. People are on top yeah. of each other. The yeah. second floor thing. So I love this. The balcony is so yeah. great. Um, I love that. Oh, oh. Uh, actually, I had this conversation the other night. I totally forgot. Um, the Dream Away Lodge in Beckett, Massachusetts. Never heard of it. It's amazing. It's like kind of where uh, Bob Dylan... It's near where Bob Dylan used to live when he was living up in, mm-hmm. in upstate New York. And there was this woman that used to run it. They would call her mama and she would cook dinner and then they would play a show. And it's like, it's an inn so you can stay there. And it's also a restaurant. And then there's like this little kind of like living room space that you can play. And, um, and then the band stays in like this like house in the back. And so like, it's like, oh, cool. they have like a little sauna and like, it's like a loft kind of space that you can Damn. stay in. It's amazing. So that, that actually might be my favorite Venue. That seems like a very relaxed vibe. Like it people is, are just around yeah. and just totally. play. That's cool. I and like it's that. like I, I now that I'm like thinking about it, those are like my favorite venues or like the ones where it's like you know, I mean I've played venues that are bigger and you know, this it's the sound system and mm-hmm. you're playing on a big stage in front of a lot of people. And that's great. Like I love that and I love the festival vibe, but like there's something about playing for thirty to forty people in a small room where you have dinner with them beforehand and then you play with them and then you hang out afterwards. Like that's, that's my vibe. And like, you really get to know the people that are there and like mm-hmm. you make connections that you, you know, you like a, you like a community vibe. Like everybody's yeah. about like very interactive. Totally. Which you, I see how you would succeed at that. Yeah. Just totally. talk to every single person and exactly. the whole story. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Favorite album right now. Hmm. Favorite album right now? It's probably gonna go back to like what I've been listening to. Um, it's fine. Outer Outer Peace, Outer Peace, I think it is uh, by Tori Moi. That one's amazing. And Hi Ho by Blake Mills. Like that record, I continually go back to. It's like one of those records that's just like I heard it for the first time and just continue to listen to it. Just uh, that's that might be my favorite record. All right, you've convinced me. I'll have to check out Blake Mills. You got you're, so, you're, you're gung ho about him. Hi ho is the record to check out. Yeah. I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. All right, and your I guess I know the answer to this too. Favorite artist right now. Favorite artist right now. Um, like anybody? Yeah. I mean, like musicians most. You yeah, know, yeah, bands. yeah. Um, bands, singers, whatever. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I always love Jim James. Mm-hmm. Like he's, um, I don't know. It's so hard because I'm like not really like current with everything. You don't have to be current. It's know? just like whatever's your favorite. Yeah. Right now. Um, like my favorite right now is not anything in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. What are you listening to? What's your? I mean, I I'm kind of jumping back and forth between like old James Taylor before the hits mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like. Bonnie Raitt stuff before she started learning oh, like blues guitar. Like Bonnie Raitt is whew, like what a guitar player. I know. Oh, oh and um, some of the Mo stuff from the nineties. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm like jumping around, like so it doesn't have totally. to be like from now. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I guess I'll go with Blake Mills. That or, <laughs> <laughs> that or uh, I figured that was the answer. Yeah, I mean, I really like Dawes too. They're mm-hmm. kind of in the same same world together. Sure. Um, I've been into the Growlers recently too. Don't know them. They're cool. They're like uh, they're an LA based band and. Um, the guy's voice is really interesting, mm-hmm. um, but they're also cultivating that thing too, where you know it's a very community kind of driven thing, and they do uh, this festival called Beach Goth. Um, I think Doctor Dog played last year, and mm-hmm. it's just like a big festival that they That's curate, cool. and yeah, um, yeah. I guess Blake Mills. I don't know. I don't want all my answers to be the same, but it's like that's it's all okay. If that's like your vibe <laughs> right now, Mister Bob Trap. <laughs> all right, so where can people find you, and when's your next show? Uh, people can find me oh. on the interwebs, Instagram, it's my first and last name, Kirby Seibert. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook, I think is the Kirby Seibert or the Kirby Seibert. Um, YouTube is Kirby TV. Um, by the way, go check out all those videos. Some of them are pretty awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be coming out with some new stuff and, um, yeah, I, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. That's mm-hmm. pretty much where people can kind of see my day to day and what, what's happening and creep uh, on you creep creep on me when's your next creep show on me baby um so i'm doing a whole tour out to colorado with molada right and so i'm doing appleton um doing nebraska i'm doing colorado um but then my next like like your solo stuff yeah yeah solo stuff and then philly i'm doing uh august 22nd at johnny brenda's um which i'm really excited about that's that's just me solo by myself mm-hmm. Um, and I actually might have two vocalists come join me for that. Cool. So it's going to be like me and then three part harmonies. And I just, I love harmony. It's me my, too, man. It's my favorite. Um, and then, uh, again in Philly, the 29th at World Cafe, August 29th, World Cafe. And then September 13th at, um, Bourbon and Branch with a guy from Nashville, um, Mark Sloan, who goes by Slark Moan. It's like a... I see. What do they call that? A um, Where you switch the first... first the first letter, it's a... Yeah. Um, English wasn't my <laughs> strong suit. <laughs> um, no, it's... Uh, uh, oh, what's the speed? I'll remember afterwards. Yeah, we'll remember <laughs> yeah. afterwards, yeah. They're screaming at us through yeah. the podcast. Oh, it's this! <laughs> um, and, then, uh, and then I'm going on tour with Molada October, November. And that's like... We're doing a co-headlining bill with this band, Ona. Cool. So, doing East Coast, doing... We're doing like two months, so it's like we're out for a long time. That's awesome. You got a lot of touring ahead of you. Very excited. Well, thank you for coming, man. Dude, thank you so much for having me, man. This is a promise. And do you find people? We'll see you next time. Peace. Later.